and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Kelly. And if Kelly sounds like she's coming to you in a fishbowl, it's because we're having really weird, weird connection issues. Yep. But that's what happens sometimes. You got to travel around. She's got to make that money. And this is just the way it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! So right now, a new thing for us too is we can't even have the video Skype going. So we're just working off of our voices here. Which is annoying because he can't see me roll my eyes. Yeah, I'll never know when she's just being quiet and mad at me. (laughs) Like normal. (laughs) I can say, Kelly, say something. You're right. So we'll see how this goes. But we definitely wanted to get the show off, obviously. We both actually went again for the second week in a row to the actual movie theater. I know. If we're not going to be doing a show for that, that's fucking weird and it would be a waste of our time. True. So I'm sure everyone went ahead and they read the episode title so they know we're doing John Wick Chapter 2. Well, before we get into that, I did want to ask you, since we saw this in different theaters, did anything interesting happen in your theater? Um, We had... Have you ever had the red warnings before everything? I had one this time. No, all of mine were red. Really? All of them, this trailer is only suited for this rated audience. Wow. You must have seen some awesome trailers then. It was fun to see Logan and all the cursing. We did not see that in my theater. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was like F-bomb and everything. Did it look good then? Yeah, it did. That's good to know. So more graphic and then more graphic with like the girls trailer, which looks horrible. Oh, you saw that one again? Uh. <laughs> I think the only movie of note that we saw, and it's just because it's horrible, and I didn't know it was coming out so early. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see The Fate of the Furious? No. Yeah, so it's that next, I don't know, what are they up to, eight or nine? Whichever, <laughs> whichever Fast and Furious it is, this time Vin Diesel turns on everybody. It's like he's brainwashed or something. Venturian candidate. Awesome. It's exactly what it is. So Vin Diesel just doesn't act anymore. He just has that stupid look on his face the entire time. (laughs) Just like all of his movies. So it works out perfectly. They have to get The Rock to help him. It just looks so terrible. Sweet. I can't believe anyone watches that shit. (laughs) To each their own. Yeah, that's true. I guess. You know what? You are the voice of reason on the show, Kelly. Well put. This is true. So I will mention one thing about the theater. I didn't have as many people talking. There were some. Had to give the back look a couple times. But then a couple people definitely loved having their fucking cell phones out. Seriously? With sound on, too. (gasps) Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I mean, luckily enough, John Wick 2 has a very loud soundtrack and most of it's gunshots and gun violence and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really the worst thing. But still, people, how do you not put your phones away? How do you not do that? Uh, It's an addiction. I guess so. I don't know. When the M&Ms come on and tell me to turn off my phone, I turn off my phone. This is true. Because it ruins the movie. It absolutely does. And the other thing I wanted to note were, first of all, there were like 10 people in the theater. But then also, there were a lot of grandparents there. And some grandparents took like their kid had to be like seven, maybe. Really? Yeah, with like an older brother who was probably like 11. To a rated R movie. To a rated R. A very, very graphic rated R movie. You're absolutely right, Kelly. I mean, the only thing this movie didn't have was 
nudity, probably, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everything else is headshot after headshot. But remember, we do live in America where violence doesn't matter, but anything sexual or swearing, that's too much. Well, yeah, because it's a Puritan society. That's just how that works. By the way, I was thinking about that, too. Did John Wick, like, ever swear? No. Only the mute girl did the hand signal for fuck you, right? Right. That's kind of funny. Don't you think if you were in all those situations that John Wick was in, that he'd be letting loose some, like, fuck yous? No, because he's a professional. He is a professional, but I didn't know that swearing made you unprofessional. Well, I feel like if you're getting overwhelmed in that situation, then you're no longer keeping your professional tone. Like, that's just that you, that's what you're known for. You hold your shit together. So, wait, are you saying when we swear on this show that we're being unprofessional, that we're not holding it together? For the most part. Fuck. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. All right. Well, we'll have to work on that then. True. But I do like going to a movie when it has been out for a couple weeks like that. And not right. have to worry about too much. Because it was like, you know, mid-Saturday afternoon type of thing. Right. Yeah, because I, I mean, I sent you a photo of me alone in the movie theater pretty much. And then probably a group of 10-year-olds and maybe some people probably roughly around our parents' age. And that was it. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I mean, I think this movie did well. I'm pretty sure it got over its budget and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that brings everything around full circle because might as well talk about it, right? Yep. So it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that has not dropped since the first time the movie came out. Awesome. Very good. And, you know, I agree. I guess I don't know why everyone likes it so much, but I do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that it's a bad movie because it's certainly not. And I think people that listen to the show know I am not really an action movie fan. But I like both of these movies. I think they're both very good, but I can't pinpoint why it's good and why they connect as well as they do. That's actually a really great point to bring up because I kind of feel the same way. Like, I'm not disappointed in the movie when I left it, Mm -hmm. but I don't have that overwhelming, like, well, of course this got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that feeling's not there either. I mean, maybe it's because they just follow the rules of what an action movie should be. Maybe that's why. It's just, it's been so long since people have made such good action movies that they're like, well, fuck, this one just does it so right. And it is relatively innovative with what they're doing. Like, how many times are you watching it just going like, holy shit, like, what a great idea of what he's doing to survive. Like, it's very out there, obviously. It's not realistic. Right. Well, I know. I love the world that they've set up. I love the, you know, nothing happens on on continental grounds. I love the fact that it's just like it's on a league of assassins, but there's more assassins than you realize. Oh, yeah. And and it's all everybody knows the rules, period. It's very cut and dry. And also for John Wick to be the best, I think they really put that in a context in this movie with what you just said, with how many assassins there are in multiple scenes. You realize, oh, yeah, this isn't just a small society of, like, 50 people. No, this is, like, thousands of people. Global. Yeah. It's global. A global network of assassins. So for him to be known as the best, that's really putting that as, like, yeah, you can see why he's the best. And you can tell, like, at the end of the movie, when he's basically being threatened by everyone, you know when he says... If anyone comes after me, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. You know he means it. Right. 
There's no questioning that. Another point I like to bring up for the movie, too, is he doesn't want to kill, right? I don't think he wants to play the game anymore. I don't know if it's a needing to kill. It's just something he's good at. Like, no, you know, very you, everybody, everybody meets that person where it's like, God, I wish I could draw like you. And they don't really care. They just happen to have that skill. Yeah, I think he doesn't want to kill. But what I also enjoy about this is he's not then doing all these crazy moves to not kill people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like normally when someone says they don't want to kill, then they have all these crazy moves they use to subdue someone without actually killing them. But right, right. He is, I'm going to shoot you in the knees versus shooting you in the head. Yeah. He's the most badass person there is and makes sure that no one is ever coming back to get him. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the best things, one of the things I've always hated about action movies is when someone leaves someone to die or they kind of knock them out and they think that it's done. And it's yeah, never done. But, right. But you know when it's done? When you fucking shoot him in the head. <laughs> that's right. It's exactly. Done. And that's what John Wick knows what to do. No, yeah, the headshots in this movie. I almost wanted to rewatch it just so I could like have a clicker and count how many people he goes through and then how many different assassins he goes through. And I would watch this movie again. I definitely oh, would. Yeah, yeah, so maybe that is something we have to do. <laughs> is he doing his own stunts in this too? Yes. It's awesome. Like the choreography, everything that they're working with works out so well and visually. That's another thing too. I guess maybe it's that there's a style in the killing that he's doing as well. No, the blocking is perfect. You're even getting good close-up shots and there's no slow-mo. Yep, no slow motion whatsoever. Hey, maybe Wonder Woman should take that <laughs> into advice there. No shit. Headshots and no slow-mo. I forgot, we didn't even talk about that last week when we saw Fifty Shades Darker. There was that trailer for Wonder Woman and over half of the trailer is in slow motion again. It's like, did you guys learn nothing? Right. Nothing whatsoever. Yeah, John Wick 2, and even John Wick, I don't think there was any slow motion. No slow-mo. No. Nope. All blocking. I mean, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks really well, and I think that's the thing. I think it's giving that art of killing a style. Like, I know people talk about stylized violence and everything. This is one of those movies that makes it an art form to kill. No, exactly. And I mean, just knowing it from the logistics standpoint of film and shooting that and trying to get that and how many times you have to block that so it looks correctly, mm -hmm. it's got to be a nightmare. Oh, absolutely. And it's almost every single major scene is some sort of scene like this. Yeah. I mean, think about what they had to do when they were going through the modern museum. Right. The amount of work, painstaking work that had to be. Oh, my God. With mirrors. What a bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, it worked out really well. And I guess... We should give a little background for people that might not have seen John Wick 1 or seen John Wick 2 yet, possibly. I, I don't know if you agree with this or not. I would say you don't even have to watch John Wick 1 to start John Wick 2. No, I completely disagree with you. I feel like you're not going to get the, the How gravity dare you behind kill him? him. No, you will not get the gravity behind him without having that backstory first. But they fill in the entire story in the movie. That's all I'm saying. Right, but I still don't think you'll appreciate it. Because, okay. I mean, they've clearly stepped it up. Oh, no, they definitely did, obviously. <laughs> and I guess Jesus. you would not understand the jokes in the beginning of the movie if you didn't go through the first one. But I'm just saying, storyline-wise, I think they fill in all the blanks for you. So yeah. if for some reason you couldn't see John Wick 1 before you saw John Wick 2, I don't think you'd be as lost. But it's okay. I wouldn't see, but I wouldn't recommend somebody go and see this without seeing the first one, only because I feel like you're missing out because you're missing out on 
the expectation that you'll set and then what how they achieve that expectation. I can agree with that for sure. So let's get into this. Do it up, Kelly. <laughs> um, so they finish off pretty much what how the last one ends with him dealing with the Russians and that whole clusterfuck of catastrophe. It's like days after, right? Yeah, I want to say, yeah, this is an immediate continuation, mm-hmm. which is great because Keanu Reeves doesn't age anyway. So That's that true. works out perfect. And he didn't get his car back in the last one. No, so it, it adds, it finishes that plot point. That fucking awesome car. <laughs> and the best part is, is I like the fact that he's got no issues completely trashing the thing. But the point is, is that I will take this back from you, period. Well, once again, and I guess this is something that wasn't talked about with the car in the first one, because you just think in general, John Wick does not like when his things are taken, right? Period. Like that's, yeah, right. just anything... Don't fucking kill my dog, obviously, and then don't steal my shit. Right. That's what it seems to be. But then when he gets the car back and he looks in the glove compartment, because you're thinking at that moment, well, why is he even looking in the glove compartment? Like, what is he expecting there to be? And he pulls it open and he sees the birthday card from his wife with a picture of him and his wife. And you go, oh, shit. No wonder he wanted the car back. Right. It's a, there's a lot of sentimental value to him right. in the majority of the things that he owns. And that's something that people probably should put together, but that wasn't shown in that first one. It's not like he had that birthday card and then put in the glove compartment, right? Right. No, you have no idea. So now you realize, oh, so the car gets beat to shit, but that's why he wanted the car back, is it had sentimental value not only with the card itself, but then they show the flashback scene of when they were like at the beats together or whatever, right? Right. So yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And I thought that was a good way to kind of do the peace offering with the Russian guy. Right, and the tie-in. Yeah, I thought that did very well. And then to set up the whole pencil bit again as well. God. <laughs> a fucking pencil. Who does that? <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Basically, you start the storyline again. He gets right. home. He has a new dog, and the dog's pretty cool. He takes all of his, you know, his suit his weapons, and he seals it back up. And I just want to say, hey, John, like bad things are going to continue to happen to you. Can you just not cement that thing down? It seems like it's a waste of your time to have to break through that cement every time. True, but I see I like what they did with that, though, because in doing that and then with the destruction of what happens to his house, then you get to meet, you know, the sommelier and how he picks his weapons and the suit maker and what's so special about those suits. And it gives you all that kind of backstory, which I love. And I think they would have done that anyways. I'm just making a joke about how he shouldn't have to work so hard to get his weapons. Yeah, but that's just showing the level of commitment of, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes, Kelly, I was just making jokes. I know, and I'm trying to walk all over them for Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's because you can't see me and see my face. This is the problem right now. It is true. We apologize, audience members. Sometimes this just <laughs> happens. <laughs> but yes, He does go ahead and he cements over his old life. So you're hoping everything's going to get back to normal. But obviously we have a movie to watch. So we're 15 minutes in. So, you know, you knew it wasn't just going to be him hanging out with his dog the whole time. (laughs) And still get a 90 percent. Amazing. And, you know, I would have been fine with that just to see some happiness (laughs) for once. And obviously it is short lived because as he gives his car to John Leguizamo, who you meet in the first movie, to fix everything up. Also, Santino shows up. He is a Italian crime boss, I guess. Yeah, 
yeah, and it, it seems like it's there's also like a royalty element to it too. When there's initial bloodshed um, in the Continental in the first movie, that assassin is executed by the Seed of Twelve, but they never get into who those people are and what their, you know, involvement is in this whole organization. And I'm guessing we'll probably learn about that a lot more in the third movie. Right. So Santino shows up. John Wick is supposed to be retired. Obviously, he just came out of retirement to avenge his dog being killed and getting his car back and shit. And then now Santino has a marker for him. And I thought the artifact prop they used was pretty damn cool. No, that thing looks fantastic. And I like the little things, too, where whatever that table is made of, there was a gravity of clinking that onto that table and trying to push it back and forth between the two of them. Right. Did you get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gives you, I mean, the significance of this piece. To hold this marker, you're not going to misplace this marker. And it, and it shows, and I love the fact that it's it's old school and the fact that it's it's a blood oath kind of a deal. Yes. Like, you have to prick yourself to commit to this marker. Now, look, I might have missed this, but I don't think they talked about it in the first one. No, the marker's new. Okay. So, for so, and somehow, and I don't know why... Maybe it brings in that royalty element that you were talking about before, but it turns out that that's how John got out of his commitments in the first movie or before the first movie took place, is he went to Santino, said, hey, you know, I owe you for this marker that I'm placing with you, and now I'm out of the business. Right. But we never learned that before, though, right? No, we don't touch upon it. He just says that he's retired. He doesn't mention on how he was able to do that and just kind of walk away. So apparently in giving this marker to Santino, it was Santino ensuring that no one's going to deal with him and vice versa. Like it's it's that kind of a, okay, well, then that means I can call this marker back and then you have to do whatever I ask you to do, period. That's how they work. Yeah, because John wanted to uh, marry his wife and then she ended up dying of an illness. And that's when he closed everyone off as well. Right. So Santino wants him back in the game. And at first, John wants nothing to do with it. Right. And he's actually fairly polite about it, too. Mind you, this guy shows up at his house. He's like, okay, I'm going to offer you coffee. And I kind of have a feeling of why you're here. But I'm not interested now. And the best part is, is Santino doesn't even tell him what he wants him to do. John just straight up says, no, I'm good. Exactly. Then Santino obviously knows that there are rules dealing with this, and that's one of the most important ones, and he blows up his house. Pretty much, yeah. So now, John, and I was worried there that the dog was going to be dead. (laughs) But luckily enough, he was not. So John goes and talks to Winston, who is in charge of the Continental. Yes, the American Continental. But isn't he not only in charge of everything, though, too? I want to say he's probably the head of everything, but you kind of meet the other manager when he has to go to Rome. So John talks to Winston, and Winston says, you know there are only two rules that we have to follow. One is you always have to repay your marker, and two is there's no bloodshed on continental property. Right. So John begrudgingly realizes that he has to do this. He goes and he finds Santino, and Santino says, the marker is for you to kill my sister. Right. And his sister was gifted her place on the seat of 12 by their father who passed away. And he wants that control. Exactly. And the problem with this is 
John's hesitant anyway because he actually knows the sister. He like he knows the whole situation. So the fact that you're hiring me to be her hitman is another level of like really. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's a hesitant because knowing Santino, if you get put into this power play role, you will be taking over all of New York. Like it's gonna end up spreading your need to control. For sure. So he decides he has to go to Rome to go ahead and pull this off. And obviously we can't describe every action scene that there is. But obviously I think one of the coolest parts of this is something you mentioned as well. Getting all ready for the actual kill. Yeah, the prep work that's involved. Yes, that was very cool with the sommelier, you know, talking back and forth about what type of weapons he wanted as if. It's a dinner menu. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah. It's what kind of wine are you looking for? Yeah. I mean, I need a full body kind of flavor. I'm looking for something for dessert for an after flare, And then I need something to pop at the end that, that'll really drive the evening home. And you can tell that Keanu Reeves really does know his guns in real life because of how well he handles guns in this movie. Oh, absolutely. And just the way that he, I mean, you can teach somebody to inspect, but when there's an actual level of enthusiasm behind it, mm-hmm. you can't really paint that any better than the way he was pulling it off. Absolutely. They talk about a little backstory too, because obviously Keanu Reeves is going to get shot like a bunch of times in this movie. It's going to happen. So they talk about how throughout the entire suit, they weave in all the bulletproofing. And even though it's going to completely stop the bullet, you're still going to feel it. It's just not going into you. Yeah, it's just not going to penetrate you. Yeah, it's it's thinly lined Ooh. Kevlar, but you're going to have a hell of some hell of bruises all over you. So I like that too because he does get shot a bunch of times in this movie. Oh yeah, this but is just not no headshots. one can apparently pull off a headshot. No, that's the only no. issue. He's the best person ever at headshots. Right. So yeah, so he ends up, you know, setting up his whole thing where he's going to kill the sister, and we should at least set up as well that common is in this movie, he plays Cassian, who is the sister's bodyguard or ward. Right. And I think he did a good job in this, too. No, I think he was great, too. And I like the fact that they left it open, so he will be in the third. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, at least to show that he didn't want to kill as many people, he did leave some more people alive this time. Right. There was more common courtesy with his older friends to be like... (laughs) (laughs) Or his older friends to not... uh... I, my, I don't want you to be in this line of fire. Like, you don't need to be involved in this. Kind of walk away and just let me finish this. Do you think he left the mute girl alive? No. You you think she died on that? I'm not too sure. Well, he didn't headshot her, so that's where it's questionable. Because I know she got stabbed, obviously, but so did Cassian. And then Yeah, when but she... he took the time to explain to Cassian, these are your options. Well, you that's pull true. it out, you bleed out. Well, I hope she's back because I liked her. That was Ruby Rose, right, in real life? Yeah, I believe so. I thought she did a good job. I wish there was actually more of her because you kind of got that feeling like the only reason why I think maybe besides the non-headshot but that she might still be alive is because that whole end sequence, I never really thought that she had a chance against him. Right. So that's why I'm thinking maybe there's more for her later. Interesting. Okay. That's just kind of the way I was thinking. But back to what we were talking about. He talks to the sister. The sister explains to him all the things that are going to happen. And I thought this was also pretty cool, too. Instead of, you know, begging for her life or whatever, she knew that this was a done deal. And she actually slit her own wrists and not even across. She went all the way down the arm on both. Right. And died the way she wanted to. 
but then also at the end, just to show and to make sure that she's dead because he's such a professional, he shoots her in the head as well. Right. But see, I, what I love about this, the fact that she chose her own, you know, I, I choose my, my own destiny kind of a deal. I, I embrace that. But the fact that they actually went very classic Roman. I yes. mean, this is how emperors and stuff, when they go to commit suicide, they'd, they'd run a hot bath and that's what they would do. So I love the fact that she took it to that level. Yeah, it was well done. So obviously that sets everything in motion. Cassian knows exactly why he was there. They had a little back and forth and then they had a shootout. And then it was John Wick getting out of that huge area by killing a bunch of people and then obviously getting double crossed by Santino where he had like, what, a hundred guys waiting to kill him and still couldn't do it? Right. Yeah. Loose, loose uh, strings kind of a deal. And one thing I did want to mention also, the band that was playing, and we're actually going to play this song later on at the end of the show, but the band that was playing was called Nostalgia. And what I liked about it was, did you notice that the guitarist was playing his guitar sometimes as a guitar when he was doing the heavier stuff, but then when it was the more eerie set up for atmosphere, he was playing it with a violin string. Oh, interesting. No, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So I looked up the song and I liked the song as well. And that was the first song. Then it was a DJ for the rest of whatever. Well, of course. But he ends up getting out of that situation He has another huge fight with Cassian, and they break basically into the continental that's in Rome. Right. And that's where, obviously, there's no bloodshed, and you can't fight there, so they go and have a drink together at the bar. And that's where where Cassian tells them, well, look, I'm coming to kill you. Right. Professional courtesy. Right. I'm pre-warning. And then Santino goes ahead, and he puts a bounty on John Wick's head for seven million dollars open contract like this went global yep everything completely open so now he has safe passage out of rome but once he gets to new york he's by himself right so he gets to new york and now you see how global this assassin network really is because everyone is seeing this message on their phone as he's making his way keep in mind injured without really having a weapon all that kind of stuff. He now has to make it through New York City like it's the Warriors and <laughs> go through all these different assassins. So he fights a sumo wrestler. He fights a girl with a violin in the subway. He fights two Asian guys that he kills with a pencil again. Yep, yep. And it's just nuts. But he needs to make his way to Santino because obviously now he has to kill him. Right. I, I like that they've introduced this underground in which yes. you get to meet Morpheus. Yes, the first time that they've been together in a movie since. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's how he ends up getting out of the situation of even more assassins chasing him. And it's hard to describe in an action movie all the different scenes that are taking place. So we're just talking about the story right now. But there's a lot of great stuff between him and Cassian as they're fighting out in the open. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's another thing. This is like when we had to describe Doctor Who. You can't really. It's very visual to, Mm -hmm. to get the feelings of this movie but there are some great characters um i i love the fact that when you get to new york there is an underground that he does know about Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's all the homeless people in new york cracked me up yeah it's a great idea that they're all also assassins and they're also all watchers because they all sit there and communicate back to the head of what's going on in the city the bowery king yes who is larry fishburne and he has a whole story about how 
John Wick basically left him for dead, but told him how to survive. So he's one right. of those people. And that's the thing also to note. And I think that's a big thing for John Wick as well. Anyone who he's left alive, it's some significance to it. And right. that's why he doesn't do it that often. And, the, and that's just, and I like the fact that I'm still going to give you the courtesy to explain to you how you need to survive this. And it's your choice whether you survive or not. Exactly. And that's basically almost what, what Fishburne does. He doesn't say like, hey, now I'm going to help you. But John Wick explains like, well, I have to kill Santino. So is it better for a war to happen where a lot of your guys are going to die because you know he's not going to stop at his territory in New York City? He's going to expand and take over all of New York City. And this is going to affect you. So why not just give me a gun and right, let, and me, let me take care of this? Yeah. Right. Give this man a gun. <laughs> Seven bullets. Seven million dollars. <laughs> Seven million dollars. So yeah, then obviously John Wick does what John Wick does. He goes through and kills everyone in the museum. Pretty much. And he ends up, like we just mentioned before, he kills the mute specialist girl who Santino has. And Santino runs away, obviously, and he makes it to the Continental. Sorry, Winston, you got to stop him, whatever. But Winston tells him, well, you're here, so you're safe. Right. But then he's cocky about it, and he's sitting there eating, and he even says to John Wick, you know, a person could probably be held up here for a while and never have the same meal. So you know exactly what's going to happen, and that just doesn't work for John. He does one of the cardinal sins, and he just shoots him right in the fucking head. Beautiful. Just right there, and Winston's just like, Jonathan, oh. what have you done? Yeah. Because he no. knows, yeah, everyone knows that you just don't do that. <laughs> Such a good movie. I agree, Kelly. So now, obviously, they've set it up for Chapter 3, because he's now being excommunicated, in which... I'm assuming it's just a mass hit to take this person out. See, I don't know if he had just been excommunicated. It might have been okay. The problem is, I think they called him the Kimura tribe or someone. Right. Whichever, I guess they hold a seat in the seat of 12. They have put out the hit now and doubled the amount of money. Right. And, on, and, being, and in being excommunicated... You now have none of these things at your disposal. You don't have the anyone who's associated with this within this community is not allowed to have any anything to do with you. It'll be interesting in the third one to see who helps him right. when they're not supposed to. Because I'm I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong, just the character they built with John Leguizamo. Like, do you think John Leguizamo isn't going to give him his car? Exactly. It just seems like he's got so many quote-unquote friends, and maybe that's the whole thing, is maybe he doesn't even have friends. They've just been scared of him, or whatever you want to call it, or in awe of him, just respect. But he does set up some people, because obviously Cassian might still be alive, because when they have their hand-to-hand -hand combat fight, as we mentioned, he puts that knife into his aorta and tells him not to pull it out. This is professional courtesy, and Cassian's just kind of like smirking at him. Like, I'm going to get you. Right. So you've got that. You might have the mute girl from Santino that might want him as well. You've got the Kimura tribe and maybe someone else from the Seed of Twelve. Maybe all the Seed of Twelve. Who knows? It'll be interesting. Yeah, I like that that end scene where he goes and he talks to Winston because he thinks he's dead there. He thinks Winston's just going to take him out. Right. And instead, Winston's like, as a sign of respect, I have to excommunicate you. I have to, but I'm giving you an hour. Right. 
And that was a really cool scene too where I love the fact that it also shows his mat his long reaching hand in this because they're in Central Park and they're around the, the iconic fountain, which I'm blanking on what it's called. I don't remember. And he's able to everyone stops and walks away from that area. Yeah, everyone stops to show John Wick that these are all people that could kill him. And then they get the nod to leave. Right. And as he's walking away, and you might think, oh, that's the end of the movie, is him walking away with an hour before things happen. As he's walking, he is seeing everyone get the message that he's been excommunicated, that the bounty is now $14 million. And as he realizes this, that everyone's about to kill him after that hour, he starts running. Right. And that's the end of the movie, because where does he go? It'll be interesting. Yeah, Kelly. I think it is definitely going to be interesting. And yeah, it's hard for us to really describe an action movie, but it's just very cool to see what Keanu Reeves is pulling off. And like we said, this is an art. Headshots and killings and everything else. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to go over? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Go see it. It's a good movie. So yeah, Kelly. I think that's... I mean, that is the movie. It's hard to go more in detail in an action movie but i think this will be interesting for the third one like we mentioned i think they set up a lot i think it'll be very interesting how they play all this out and if they're able to finish this in one movie because it's just called john wick chapter two it doesn't mean that it's a john wick trilogy they could continue on to multiple chapters oh absolutely i mean this even uh lends itself to doing a prequel and getting into how he got into this in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, how he met his wife, Helen, all that kind of stuff. Right. I think if they did end it at three, I think it would be a damn good trilogy. Because I don't know how they go wrong with this movie. It seems like now they've just made it harder for him to kill people the way he does, but that does not mean that he can't do it. Right. I want to say that... I'll make this prediction about three. I don't think he survives three. That would be interesting. Because, I mean, what is there really? He has the dog. That's it. All of his mementos, all of his sentimental things were burned up in his house. So he's really, I got nothing to lose in this regard. You know what I could see him doing maybe is taking over for Winston. Oh, getting placed into that role? Yep. I could see something like that. What I'm imagining, since there are so many different people in the seat of 12, obviously there's 12, <laughs> something, you know, however they split up into tribes or group, whatever, however they do that. I think there's going to be infighting between them. And I think they have the possibility of completely taking that system down and playing some type of a politics game. So I see something like that as a possibility where somehow, in order to keep the peace which is more what john wants to do that either someone kills winston or winston takes over on a seat of 12 or something like that and then john takes over as that part okay so uh, yeah i can see that going either one of those ways it's possible and i see it it could easily be your way too how else do you have do you have him you know finally get what he wants or do you have it be that he ultimately fails Because there's just too much stacked against him. Exactly. And that's the more realistic approach, is have it just be too much. Yeah. What's the force that needs to happen to take this person down? He's damn good at what he does, that's for sure. (laughs) It's such a good movie. 
So yeah, I would definitely recommend this to people. I think it's fun. I think if you haven't seen the first one, you should definitely go see the first one as well. Somehow, I'm sure you can get it on Blu-ray or something like that. But it is worth checking out. As people know, I'm not an action movie fan. So for me to enjoy these movies so much is saying something, at least from that end. No, and uh, I mean, I'm going to disagree where I think you'll appreciate it more if you see the movie beforehand. And actually, I had the TV on earlier, and I believe it's showing on Sci-Fi, John Wick 1. But I wouldn't recommend that. You want to get it on Blu-ray because, you know, if you see it on TV, they're going to cut out all the good parts anyway. Yeah, and one of the parts of this is (laughs) to see all the headshots and the blood and just the style that goes along with it. Right. Anyone that hates the NRA, this is like one of the worst movies (laughs) because it makes guns look so fucking cool yeah pretty much they're like beautiful pieces of machinery he shows that in so many scenes (laughs) oh yeah i mean you we have the non-slip grip you know in case you were to get your hands wet for whatever reason oh yeah so yes everyone go out and see john wick 2 watch john wick 1 as well and just enjoy yourself some keanu reeve so kelly I know this seems to be another short episode, but maybe it's better because of our whole audio-visual disconnect here anyways, that this time it is a short one. But do you have anything that you would like to plug? You can find me on Instagram at NerdyGirlIvy, as well as on Facebook at NerdyGirlIvy. Very nice. And it's really the same thing for me. You can go ahead and follow the links in the description of this episode to support Ian Hates Movies. Once again, it does help us a lot if you go to iTunes and rate us five stars if you enjoy the show, and it really does help out, so please do that if you can. We'll have a lot more announcements as we have way more things coming in the future, but for right now, just follow those links, rate us five stars on iTunes, it really does help. Kelly, is there any final words you have for everyone? Um, I would just like to say that this movie is excellent. And I'm going to say, hashtag, not my Oscars. (laughs) and then i will leave you the way i always do long days and pleasant nights thanks everyone